AG1 is a comprehensive and convenient blend of over 70 high quality ingredients. And what that means is each morning when I wake up, before I do anything else, I drink AG1 to set me up for the day. It keeps me clear headed, full of energy and focused on whatever I need to do, like writing the fighting cock, for example. One scoop once a day before breakfast and that's it. I've actually found that I've not been needing coffee in the morning to get me started. I've still been drinking coffee because I love coffee, but it's not because it's like a necessity to do so. AG1 is made out of the highest quality ingredients subject to the strictest manufacturing standards. AG1 is NSF certified for sport and this process involves exhaustive testing and verification that every serving of AG1 is exactly what you see on the label. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs for your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock. That's drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock to get started. And to help the podcast. Thank you very much. Have a great day and enjoy the show. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This summer, when you're on the go, stay connected to what matters most with access to over 3 million Cox Wi-Fi hotspots. Learn more at cox.com. Ask Ashley the podcast is sponsored by Cox. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, Getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, How would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. 
This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. A camel The internet in Milton Keynes is like, um, it's like before the internet existed and they were just trying it out, testing it to see if the internet would work. That's yeah, it, it's uh, it's yogurt pots and strings. <laughs> exactly. So people are just shouting, like, you type something and you think it's going into the internet, but really it goes through people that are living beneath your house <laughs> and, and shouting it back and forth and there's this relay of information going back. <laughs> <laughs> the Fighting Cop Podcast, we're back. We didn't record last week because, um, do, do you know what? why? Because we just didn't want to force something out for the sake of doing it. And um, somehow we've managed to cobble together a running order. And when I say we've cobbled together a running order, I rang Ricky up about half an hour ago because we've got to record something. And Rick went, well, what are we going to talk about? And I was like, I, I don't know. There's a couple of things we can talk about. We'll wing it. And Ricky, bless him, has, has put together... Five or six talking points that are actually, you know, worth talking about, amazingly. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Rick, uh, first off, how, how are you? Are you coping all right? Like, I know we, we don't really, we don't really have to worry about the old um, Corona getting us because we're we're self-isolating properly. But have you been? Do, does it impact you having to stay at home and sit in your office and do all the work you have to do? Nah. Not at all, not <laughs> yeah. at all. And I, I, I yeah, I, I'm quite a homely person anyway. So uh, I, I'm not, I'm not an outdoorsy guy. So I quite like being in my house all the time. The, the only thing that annoys me about it is that I stay in my house, but my family are here with me, like all the time. <laughs> And I used to enjoy it when I stayed in my house yeah. and they went out and done stuff and just gave me like a, a few hours to just to myself, just to wank or, I was or anything. Say, yeah, you need that. But so, yeah, it's, it's, it's just hard. Just like with, it's not that hard. I, I mean, um, I'm quite fortunate uh, uh, that I, I get on very well with everyone in my family that, um, so it's fine and not going to work and stuff like that. I mean, I, I am working and um, I'm just like in, in, in my office at home. So it, it's fine, man. I, nothing's really changed apart from just being able to go out all the time when I want. Mm. But I didn't do that, any, that anyway. Avoid yeah. it at all costs. <laughs> uh, we've got some questions that sent in um, from the, the lovely audience. 33, que- well, 33 responses, not all of them are questions, but we'll, we'll go through a couple of those as well. I think the first thing we need to start with, Rick, is the um, the rumours about Pochettino going to Newcastle. Um, how does, yeah. How does that make you feel? What's your thoughts? Um, I It's been one of those... You know uh, when rumours start. You know when uh, Potter is being linked to Arsenal. Yeah. Um, and you just think, like, I wasn't even going to entertain that shit. I'm not even going to give you a reply. I'm not even going to like waste my time clicking through to the article because 
for me, it just weren't going to happen. Mm. Not at all. But was there no, never any point I'm where you just thought... Um, but was there any, any point where you thought, imagine if, though? <laughs> yeah, there was a of little course, bit. Of course, <laughs> you're, you're not human. You're not human if you don't... Like, if you're, if you're walking around going, there is no chance, there is absolutely no chance, you, you could be saying that, but there is a tiny part of you who go, it'd be fucking horrible if it happened, though, wouldn't it? Yeah, there, there, there was a little bit. Like, I, I, I honestly didn't think it would go. But there, there was a tiny bit where I thought, it, imagine if it did happen, though, for now, just to spy us. Yeah, because it, uh, you, you, um, the, the idea was that it didn't end, like, it ended acrimoniously. That was the feeling. Yeah, 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 exactly. So maybe you wanted to get us. Um, yeah, <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> Fucking hell, that'd be awful. Yeah. Um, the r- rumours of him going to Newcastle, I mean, it, so without any disrespect to Newcastle, um, they're a shit club and a shit town, so they can fuck off. Right. Um, no, only kidding. Um, but <laughs> I, I just don't think it's. A, I think it's a step down. I mean, it's for. Doesn't matter how much money or if they have been bought out by. Um, have they been brought out by sheiks? I think it's in the process. I don't know. It's I, in I'm, the process. It's. I don't um, think it's happened yet. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm getting a feeling that there's a lady that is leading the consortium and it's backed by, um, I don't know, sheets, the top line, of money, the whatever. T- the top line figure about the people that are buying it, that they're like, they're like 50 times richer than the people that own Man City. Like, insane, like, they're worth like 300 billion pounds or something. And the guy who runs, or the family that runs uh, Manchester City is worth 17. <laughs> Uh, I, I did not know this. Yeah, because so I, I I can't. I got to say, Rick, I don't. I I did. I I don't. I I couldn't disagree more with what you're saying. I, I, really? Yeah. I I feel like Newcastle with this new um, influx of cash that they, that they're seemingly going to get that, that it's an almost perfect job for Pochettino. And I'd say that for a couple of reasons. No. Uh, uh, yeah. Go on. Go on. Go uh, on. The, the the first is that we weren't in a dissimilar position to Newcastle when Potts took over. We weren't, you know, threatened, in, threatened by relegation, but we were a mess. The, the feeling around the club and the fans was pretty horrible. We had, um, it was it Sherwood before Pochettino? I think it was. Sherwood as like yeah. an interim manager. Everyone hated him. We were awful. Um, you, you know, there, there was the moment where Sherwood was, we, we got spanked 4-0 by Liverpool. At Anfield, and Sherwood just sat on his chair or something. I was in the stands or something. The feeling towards the club by the fans was comparable to what Newcastle feel, although obviously they hate Ashley more than than we hated anyone at our football club then. So he's at he's going into a club where he's at the bottom ebb. That that their their, their expectations are so low <laughs> that the pressure on him is is non-existent. Um, they would expect a turnaround, but if they have a mediocre season, if they finish mid-table next year that's massive improvement and we've seen under Pochettino how he turns average players into expensive players it just for me if I was Pochettino and, and this money coming in I'd be like Newcastle's a massive club or it, it is in, you know, all the way up there in Newcastle and who in their right name right mind unless you, you were born there would want to live there but um, yeah but it, it just it seems to fit like where else is he going to go, Rick? Like, what? It, does he go to Real Madrid? Where I don't know. Like, I, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I think he would be looking at. Um, 
I think he he'll pro- as well as you can go to Newcastle and uh, you've got all that money. It's about convincing those the the, the players, the the world class players, to come to Newcastle. Really, um, and for all the money in the world, uh, how likely are these players going to go to Newcastle, even, no matter how much? That they're offered. True, and I think it's kind of like the, pre- the the prestige of going to a Real Madrid or anything. I think you know, uh, like from Poch, he's quite a. Um, he seems like a, a, an honourable, quite simplistic guy. Um, and although money is, you know, it's amazing. It's not a key driver for him. He wants to. You know, he wants a bronze statue of himself outside a stadium for the trophies that he's won and done it in the right way. Mm. Um, and his, he wants his name to be echoed through, you know, centuries of a football club. Um, and I, I think we all felt that is that was going to happen at Tottenham, and it didn't. But I think he will probably be... He, he's in a great position where he can, he can cherry-pick uh, people, or sorry, clubs that, uh, that offer him... The best kind of uh, to, to, to like his his philosophies, as in like he he can he can go to like a team that's you know top six and with a bit of money and a bit of let me get on and do my job, um, he can push those clubs to to win the league. Yeah, but he's um, his successes think... his successes at other clubs that he's that so far were about turning around a difficult situation going into say Real Madrid. Or, I mean, none of the, there's no job in the top four that he's going to get unless Man United sack Solskjaer. That I mean, yeah. If you had the choice between Man United and and Newcastle, you'd imagine one hundred percent it would be it would be Man United. But Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is before before the lockdown hadn't lost in in ten games since Bruno Fernandes came in. The, the entire club's changed. Turned around, and actually, Rick, let's move on from this because you know we we don't even know when football's going to come back. So, regardless nah. of what Newcastle get and what and, and, and whether or not they push this deal through, whether they have new owners, nothing's going to happen for ages anyway. Um, but did you did you watch his uh, Pochettino's interview on BT Sport? I did, I did indeed, man. I couldn't do it because uh, I, I was it. watching. I couldn't really? watch it. I couldn't. I, it, I, 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 I flicked the telly on um, because uh, Tia told me that what uh, the Champions League game was on, and I put it on. It was ninety-four minutes, so I was like, "Fucking lovely!" Uh, and then, uh, and then I watched the interview afterwards, and it was, it was hard viewing. It was hard viewing, and when it, it's really weird because it does stir up so many emotions, um, and like emotions that I didn't even think were there or or that had parallels like you know if you if you had a girlfriend and you split up and neither of you wanted it to happen but you know ultimately for both of you it, it was the it was the right decision no matter how painful it was and it's like those types of feelings about when Poch went and how he was talking is how I was feeling and I was just sitting there like fuck I should not be feeling like this about another human being about my football club and stuff like that but it just it did get me I couldn't a I lot c- of stuff that he said got me I couldn't watch it because I, I I can't watch I can't watch the Ajax game 
I can't. I I, I can't watch. Man really? City. Yeah, we posted some stuff on social about the Man City game and that, and the the, the celebrations at the um, what was it? The the uh, social that we had for the quarterfinal. Event. Oh yeah. But I can't watch them and enjoy it. And and I, I I've what I've got. I mean, I have looked back over the in, in the last couple of months and and seen bits of that Ajax game, but I turn it off. I can't. I can't enjoy it because because it didn't work out for us. Not not the final. It's not losing the final. That that's just a game of football and it happens. It's just a fallout of of what happened to Pochettino after that. Given all of the incredible stuff that he'd done with us. And we'd benefited from his expertise and his passion and how he made us feel about the club for it then to fall apart so swiftly and so dramatically as well. Like there's a guy who listens to the podcast, Connor, he'll be listening to this and he's he's stick at the moment. He's positioned himself as in, I want Poch back no matter what. And I'll never be happy until dad's own kind of thing. Right. And I I think he's he's half joking, but there's a serious element to it as well. Um, When, when, when we went into this season, things weren't right. They they weren't correct. We bought new players. Things still weren't correct. And the performances were as bad as they has ever been as a Spurs, Spurs fan. So there's, yeah. there's, there's three games w- which set off so many alarm bells that you're like, we can't ignore this. We can't ignore it. And and that's what, that's what happened. And the games were the one nil Newcastle, the, uh, 7-2 against Bayern Munich and the worst one worse than the 7-2 was the 3-0 defeat to Brighton four days later where you think yeah. we've got nothing there's yeah. nothing there it's it, there's 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 something broken here and 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 the risk of not acting is significant because no club is too good to go down uh, you're in an enviable position if you are a Spurs fan that, that it doesn't matter if we're threatened by relegation because we can make a managerial change who would make the ch- talent work and that, and that's what happened. But it doesn't mean that you don't long for those days, those t- 2015, 2016 unbeaten at home days, um, you know, spanking top clubs left, right and centre, beating Real Madrid. You long for all of that. Like, if someone could say you can... Yeah. You can, you can you can stick with Jose Mourinho. He's given money and you might win an FA Cup or you might challenge for the league again. Or you can have that back. I would take that back. But it it, it, it wasn't going to come. We've gone through it. We lived through it. We enjoyed it. And now it was over and you had to accept it. But it doesn't mean it's painful. It's like you said, like a, a relationship that you really, you love the other person. You really love the other person, but it runs its course and, and and you might long for those days where things were incredible, where you were, you know, so passionate and you're going out doing fun. Kids weren't, but whatever it was, you might long for those days. Yeah. But they don't come back because that's the past. And it was like that with, with, with Pochettino. And, and for that reason, when I watch him now and he isn't our manager, it reminds me of everything great we had that we don't have anymore. And that's why I couldn't watch it. It's pathetic, isn't it? As a grown man, I should be able to watch this shit, but I just decided not to. No, no, no. I... I, I, I tweeted something similar along the, the lines of like watching it and, and Poch and stuff like that. And a lot of people tweeted back saying that they can't watch it. It's still too raw. What, what have we done? Get him back now. Um, and, and it kind of got me thinking as well, like like you were just saying, or, or, like the way we used to play football uh, and just, just everything that it brought and, and when, when it was uh, in its peak and how, how much we loved it. Um, 
and now to where we are with Mourinho and stuff like that, what what I'm, what's going to happen or what would happen if if Mourinho turns it around and we start winning trophies? Then we then and, it'll be easier to and, forget and about Pochettino. Not, but the thing is, and it's not in that. It's the it's, it's the complete opposite the yeah. way to Poch used to play. I mean, this is the this is the thing. Like like Poch, like you were saying, he had average, average players, uh, and he polished them up and got a tune out of them. And you know, our philosophy changed. Everything changed in the way that that we were before years before, and, and we were a great side. And it's kind of. I don't know, like if if you have that and you're excited by that, and but then a lot of people use the stick to beat us with, yeah, but you haven't won a trophy, you haven't won anything, blah blah blah. And it was all that was the be all and end all. And now we got the flip side of what happens if Mourinho does win a trophy. What we all longed for, but the football and everything else is just a pile of shit. Yeah, that, no, <laughs> no, like, where's the balance? Well. Where, where, what, what do we want? I'd reckon, we... That's a great, great question. And I would reconcile that by, firstly, the answer to people about never winning a trophy, you know, Arsenal fans digging this out, that was them lashing out because they knew how good we had it and how passionate we felt about our club and how, how closely we belonged to, to Tottenham back then. How, how, it, I, I was entrenched in everything. Like, and we would be with the podcast, but I was, I was entrenched in Tottenham and I loved it so much. And we needed the trophy, right? But, it almost didn't matter. It didn't hurt when Arsenal fans said, yeah, but what have you won? That never hurt me because I was enjoying my football so much. I was enjoying my football club so much. Like, winning a trophy is momentary. How you feel generally and intrinsically about your club is much more meaningful to me anyway. Yeah. That said, I'm going to contradict myself because we've got Mourinho in for one thing and that's to win trophies because we know this is going to explode at some point. He's not going to sign another contract past his three, four years. He's four, three years, isn't he, with us? Yeah. Three, he's not going to sign another contract past his three years. I can't imagine because he's never been anywhere longer than three years. So in that three years, it's about building a winning mentality at a football club, changing the perception that we're... The, the idea of being Spursy, the idea that fans are always hopeful but never expectant. And crucially, change the ideas of the players that exist at the club and those that are coming in, that they're coming into a football club that wins things, whether that's the FA Cup, League Cup in the first instance. I think that's important. And, yeah. um, and, and if Mourinho can do that, then he's done his job, whether he stays three years, two years or whatever. Um, and you, you, you look at his 22, 23 years in football management, I think that's right. I might be fucking that up. He's won trophies everywhere. He's been yeah. every single football club he's been to. He's won trophies. Now, you might say, well, Spurs are different. They don't have the finances. Different football club. That isn't true anymore. We saw the report that's come out that, that states that Spurs are the most valuable football club in the Premier League. Now, I, don't, I know that doesn't translate to cash in the bank, but it translates to uh, an, an opportunity for us to speculate because of the value of, of our business. Um and I genuinely, I still hold this close and I still believe that there is money to spend and Daniel Levy will spend it because us being in the Champions League is crucial. You know, he's not going to be able to continue to build the global franchise and, and it be um, a saleable asset and him to reach his bonuses if Spurs aren't 
playing uh, playing Europe, Europa League football or more likely next season no European football he he can't have that so he, he, he it's it's in his best interests to to have success on on the pitch i think that's my that's where i'm at right now like it might be disproved but disproven in the next couple of transfer windows if we ever get back to football but um so yeah i, I wanted to uh, like um Going back to what you what you just said about um, Levy and spending and stuff like that, I mean, I think if if he did open his wallet and Mourinho was allowed a bit more freedom to do what what he wanted in the transfer market, I I, I think he would get to similarly to where Poch uh, did uh, and and possibly win us a trophy. He's going to be in the best position and most knowledgeable, experienced manager out there to do it. And and as you said, like his resume of uh, winning trophies is fucking insane. Um, with the um, what do you call it? Um, there's there's been loads of shit floating about in the WhatsApp groups, isn't there? Of when we're going to go back, uh, football clubs receiving um, little communications saying you know yeah. being being prepared for mid June. Well, this this uh, is Weatherspoons this... are saying they're going to they're preparing for opening in June, and I, and I hear other other industries and places that are you know talking it up but um there's also been like chat about no no spectators at football until whenever and with if that is true you know the revenue that Tottenham will lose from the new stadium and stuff like that and us paying it back and transferring like, I've got no idea yeah. literally no idea what's I mean, going to happen no no but, we don't we don't know I mean if, you, if we're talking about the um there, I'm not sure if people have heard it, but I, I think it'll be pretty much everywhere very soon. There was a, a Bristol Rovers manager, I think, was talking, said it left a, a, a quite a long, it's a four and a half minute voice note in uh, to his his WhatsApp group of, of of players, where he goes through a lot of things. But the the kind of this has been leaked, and apparently Bristol Rovers are furious that this has been leaked and all that shit. But no one cares because it's important that that, that, that we as fans getting the information that helps us sort of uh, figure out what, what's going to happen with football. It shouldn't, this information shouldn't just be given to players and clubs. And part of the, part of this, this voice note was that, that it's likely that there will be absolutely no football before June. And that, that doesn't mean that means no football at all before June. And, and that it's not likely, we're not likely to have supporters in the ground watching football until there's a cure. Um, which makes complete sense. You can't have 60,000 people at Tottenham when there's no vaccine because we go back to lockdown. It's not. It's just not something that's, that's possible. And, and, and Simon Jordan mentioned something quite interesting on, on TalkSport, is that all clubs have a duty of care to, to ensure that their employees operate in a safe working environment. If, if they're allowed to play back, so I come back and play and one player gets sick. Imagine the lawsuit. And and worse, if, if one player dies, because we've seen uh, it isn't just fat old people that are dying from, from coronavirus. <laughs> it, it, I mean, it ain't. It's not. I mean, that's the perception. Oh, it's all right. I'm not fat. I don't have diabetes. I don't smoke. Therefore, I'm, I'm fine. People in their 40s are dying from, from coronavirus in hospital. So, and I, I didn't just make that up. I did a podcast with a nurse who's been working on COVID wards on our Patreon. 
behind behind a behind a behind a wall Patreon um, podcast. Uh, I've been releasing an interview a day actually. Um, one of them was with a COVID nurse who said that there's a woman he's working with who's 40 years old. He's on a ventilator. Who's not just not getting better. Um, that pod actually came out on the main one, didn't it? Uh, it hasn't. No, I, I haven't actually released it. It's coming out. I'm going to do it after we finish speaking. But it'll, oh, be out, it, it'll be out today. So if anyone wants to get hold of any, all of the Patreon podcasts, I mean, some great ones that we put out, uh, podcast every day, uh, patreon.com forward slash the fighting cock. Feel a bit bad actually promoting it during this exact conversation. Probably shouldn't have done that. Um, but anyway, yeah. So uh, if a player gets it and gets sick and dies, that's in Simon Jordan's words, that's corporate manslaughter. That's That's potentially the end of the Premier League. Like as a body, they could they could be ended. They could be just buried in in court cases that, would, that they would never recover from. So the reality of football coming back in June is is unlikely. What they what, what, within this voice note, what they said from this Bristol Rovers manager is that the leagues will probably end and it will be on merit. So in that instance, Liverpool would be crowned champions and everybody in their current positions would stay i'd imagine uh which means we wouldn't nor arsenal nor spurs would be in the uh, europa league and certainly not in the cha- champions league and then you'd have arguments about player uh, teams that have games in hand that means that they could potentially get out of a uh, relegation or could have qualified for champions league that they would i'm sure would there'd be some sort of le- legislation or or court proceedings to figure out that but um, yeah, that the, the the leagues would be settled on merit, and there'll be no relegations from any league. But there will be promotions, so you'd get the three or two teams promoted from the Championship into the Premier League, and then you'd have a twenty two twenty two league division, or maybe they'll promote three, and then there'll be five relegation relegation places in in the next season, whatever it might be. So yeah, in answer to your question, no one fucking knows. Who knows? It's mad, isn't it? Crazy, absolutely crazy. I mean, just to get football back. And get some order would be um, would be progress. But... They've uh, apparently they've uh, they've opened up a a few pitches up at Spurs, didn't they? I didn't see that. What, what have you? Yeah, what? so I, th- I think uh, this. Who's week, on them? This, this, <laughs> who's on, who's yeah, on these pitches? I think on Tuesday they uh, they've opened up a few pitches at the training ground to allow people to start um, training within a safe environment, but. The thing is, what again, like a lot of hearsay, a lot of industry, and blah, who's told them that's okay to do? And well, it's, it is okay I, to I know, do. Like, yeah, I know, but they haven't been doing it. So there's been obviously. What I'm saying, to answer your question about who, who's told them, you, you can go down your park and kick a football to your mate who is further away than two metres. There, there's no. There's no issue with that, as long as the problem is in in general spaces in public public parks is that one person sees it and another person comes with a ball and another person comes with it, and it all goes out of control. That's why the police are not allowing it. They don't allow people to sit on beaches because it sets a precedent. So in public spaces, but in a private bit of land, that's why business can operate. That's why you know uh, Wilkinson's or Wilco's is open. Yeah, yeah. It's because they can control the environment, and Spurs can in that instance. So it's not that big a deal I don't think although it was quite a big deal when Mourinho turned up at Ndombele's house <laughs> just yeah said, I know get down here let's, see, let's go down the park <laughs> in yeah, his and then, full Spurs gear 
I know. I keep seeing like wear a hoodie. <laughs> I just I saw him running around something. It looked like a fucking golf course the other day, and he was in his all all purple Tottenham training gear. And I was like, why are you wearing your training? Gear? I know it why just, it is. It's so weird. He's proving to Daniel work, Levy that he's working. He shouldn't be furloughed. <laughs> and as well, who was it? There was another two players. Um, a week after. Uh, Mourinho getting caught with uh, Ndombele. Serge Aurier some other. Yeah. Um, and then a week later, there was um, two people on an Insta story. It was, Ser- uh, it was, it was Serge Aurier. And S- Sissoko, what? was it? My, I don't know. I feel like you're... Um, I'm not sure where you're going with that. <laughs> I know what you're doing, um, but I'm pretty sure uh, one, of, uh, one of the people caught was... Sure it went Harry Winks? No, well, definitely not. He's uh, he's back in um, Hemel, <laughs> l- loving life. It's because you know some people are not taking it seriously. No, exactly, and they, yeah, they, they live, have to come out and apologise. Do they live together, or is it like? They, um, I don't think so. Might do. I think people just because they live near each other, they're going out, they're doing what you just said, going to their local park and saying, "Well, we're two meters apart." We can train together, we can run together, we can kick a football together. Yeah. And then it, you know, it gets out of hands. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it does. It does indeed. Um, yeah, so any kind of, any kind of progress, um, I, you know what you talked about in terms of Weatherspoons and stuff opening up, they're saying June. Like they, yeah. They're the worst kind. Like that guy is, um, he's, he's a shitbag, isn't he? he <laughs> he's intensely irritating. Um, yeah. he's he's essentially like a very sort of calmer, less crazy version of Donald Trump, where business is key and and that's the only thing that matters. Um, but you know what I mean. If you're, I, I don't want to sound too. You know, like the, you know when you know when like you know you know when the, like Trump said, "Oh, yeah, I, yeah, I believe that." Um, that's a terrible accent. I believe that's that, South African. Yeah, I, I always go South African. <laughs> uh, yeah, I believe uh, that that Donald. Tr- I believe that people could use disinfectant. I think that's a, that's an effective way to do it. And then all the disinfectant companies have to come out and go, definitely do not do this. And you're like, now don't tell them not to do it. If they're stupid enough to do it, they need they need they need to be gone. <laughs> like if you think like mainlining disinfectant into your into your body is going to cure you from corona, then you shouldn't be allowed to function in society. Like the rest of us, that, that's a, that's a strong statement, but agreeable. Yeah, scum. Um, yeah, what, what 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 do you think about the football behind closed doors? If it is, a, if we are waiting for a cure or a vaccine to to prevent COVID, um, and you know the experts suggest that this won't be before the uh, well j- j- January two twenty twenty one. So although although I uh, I do. Uh, banter a lot that you should avoid the season. Um, there's no point in playing out the remaining uh, ten games or whatever behind closed doors because you don't get home advantage. And you know when you have to go to um, an away ground, it's intimidating. And you know you're running, and it could cost. It could trip over a team and stop their momentum. The momentum of people playing together, the sharpness of people um, playing football together, and it's all been it's it's all been completely and utterly fucked up, and I think just to play those ten games out, just so that we can say, oh, it's happened, just just draw a line in it now if you're going to do it. 
it's it's like football behind closed doors is almost rubbish. Point, pointless. Isn't it? What I mean, like, what is the fucking point? I mean, they're only I, doing it so they don't have to deal with the consequences of nulling, uh, doing you know, calling the season null and void because it's complicated if they do that. If yeah, they can play I, the games, then at least they can say, "Well, look, we give everyone the best chance." Exactly. At least we tried. I saw. I was reading an interview. I can't remember what boxer it was, but uh, like the boxer was saying that. You know, if he, if he's if he's gonna go into a boxing match and he hasn't got the crowd there, it gives you an extra percent of you know getting rid of your nerves or or, or get making the other person nervous or yeah, I mean, willing you on and and you know getting that you know you're completely all out of energy and just the the crowd singing your name can give you that little bit of a boost to tag someone on the chin and that, and that's it. And then Mate, there's, there are. Um... There are average fighters that have had heroic performances because they've got the home crowd. Like Josh Warrington bought, uh, beat three of the best people in his division only two years ago, I think it was. Maybe even last year. Like, on paper, you'd think he's going to lose that one. Oh, he's going to lose that one. He's definitely going to lose that one. And because he was at Ellen Road, where he had 40,000 people screaming his name in the in the stadium of the team he supports, mentally... That adds fifty percent to you. Yeah, uh, I'm just pulling that figure out. No one could measure it, but you couldn't. You couldn't. Like, but you know, I mean, like, whatever way to do it. I think the, the fairest way, the fairest way would be to to play the season out if they could. Um, but you know, everybody, th- th- we're all coming from this null and void this whole season. It's just so Liverpool can't have it. That's what we're all. That's what the only thing we want. Like, we're willing to give up everything and cause mayhem just so yeah. Liverpool can't have what they want. Well, how, how would you like from from you? What, what do you? How do you think Liverpool fans are going to react to this? If it, if they've just given they're given the they're given the Premier League on merit as they should be. Uh, the, the, I think they'll they'll be happy that um, they'll they'll be happy that they are crowned uh, champions and because it, you know they are deserved, but they will have uh, an asterisk next to it and they won't be able to support it. As in coming out into the town, but and they do you know will, what? Though. They will. They, get they probably them. will. Yeah, they will. They will. Yeah. And the thing is, as well, I, I, speaking about um, that, that, them coming out to celebrate it, um, I saw something. I read a, a, a read an article about a policeman who was saying that when they do, uh, if they do resume the games and it's played behind closed doors and it's at, you know. Arsenal's ground or Tottenham's ground or whatever that the derby matches should be moved to neutral grounds because they know fans will just try and travel anyway and if fans do try and travel and celebrate outside the ground or meet up in a local park for a beer and watch it or, or local pubs or whatever then not only are extra plays going to have to be called because they're going to have to manage that crowd trouble but but obviously you can't have loads of people in the same place because of corona so there's like loads of stuff being Rick. What do you about? first thing about uh, just quickly do this because I want to move on to another subject. Then we'll do a couple of questions and we'll finish. But um, uh, uh, the uh, Tangi and, uh, and Dombele, um how, how desperate are news outlets for any story currently? Because if you would have looked at Sky Sports news app yesterday or the day before, Tangi and Dombele posted some sort of Instagram post and that gave Sky Sports license to say, and I think, quote verbatim, and Dobbele considers his Tottenham future. Um, yeah. His response they're, they're, was yeah. what? 
So th- there was, uh, I think he was being linked to Juve, being linked to Barca. Um, and, you know, his, uh, his problems, him and Mourinho's problems weren't well documented. So he posted on Insta a compilation of his flicks and tricks in a Spurs shirt. Um, and it was like Rien a Signala or something like that in, in French. And it, it's, it's something like nothing to see here or nothing to report. Yeah, right. So, so look, I've got a couple of issues with this, Rick. Yeah, was it my pronunciation? Uh, No, not at all. You did well. I mean, it's about as good as my uh, Donald Trump. Uh, I I, I would have no idea. Maybe you nailed it. I have no idea about speaking French. Right, he's signed the contract, four-year deal at Spurs. So any decision, he can't consider his Tottenham future. It's impossible for him to consider his Tottenham future. He would have to, which I don't think I've ever heard a player ever doing, would be handing a transfer request eight months into his contract, which would mean if he handed in a transfer request, he would, it would null and void the rest of his contract. So no player is ever going to do that. So he yeah. isn't considering his Tottenham future. Tottenham may be considering Ndombele's future at Tottenham, but it definitely isn't Ndombele going, do you know what? This isn't working out. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to give up the £60 million I'm going to get in the next three years and just say I don't want to play her anymore. So it's, that's that's the bullshit. It's just nonsense. Anyway, wanted to move on to that quick because it doesn't really deserve any airtime. Um, did you see uh, a Daily Mail headline that says, sorry, Arsenal, you don't even have a rival anymore? Uh, and this is on the back of uh, an interview that Deli Ali did where he says that Spurs, fa- Spurs players hate Chelsea more than Arsenal. I didn't see that, no. He he was saying that the, when, when they go into a game against Chelsea, it means more because of what Chelsea have done to them, have done to us in in the in, in recent years, and the Arsenal game doesn't mean nearly nearly as much. Which oh is, shit! <laughs> from someone like Deli Ali, ain't the Spurs fan who comes from Milton Keynes, played for Milton Keynes Dons, for him to just mug off Arsenal like that, it's beautiful. Oh fucking hell, that is a burn, man. It is shit. Yeah, that is. Uh... Yeah, I mean, like Battle of the Bridge, and then there was there's one another one that was fairly recent as well, where uh, I think I think we needed some points or the, 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 it was a very tight game anyway. Um, but yeah, mate, fucking hell yeah! And then uh, again, like with Arsenal, it's not really been uh, that much of a contest, as in not the individual games, but we've pretty much, you know, uh, been above them and Champions League and outpointing them and stuff like that. So they are a bit like just looking over your shoulder at them, just saying, oh, you boys still there, you know, keep up. Yeah. But uh, but Chelsea have actually um, have uh, have a bit of, uh, you know, recent history of us in, in the league with Poch and everything else. Yeah. But fuck, yeah, man. Like, uh, that's, that's well funny. And as well, like, you know, this uh, talk about... Um, how people should go into Europe and Champions League, Europa League, how it should all finish. I was in a WhatsApp group earlier and one of my Guna mates piped up and said, I think it should be decided by the is it UEFA coefficient standings. And Arsenal are above Tottenham in the coefficient standings. But that's how far you've fallen. You're looking to get coefficient rankings to get one over on us. Fucking dickheads, mate. Yeah, they're... Um... He wasn't being serious, was he? Yeah. Oh, God. They're pathetic. They're pathetic. That's the fairest way. (laughs) 
the European coefficients is the fairest way. Rick, do, is it, do, you, do, they, add, do they genuinely add something to your life, these, the, your Guna mates? Do you, do you feel like they're, they're friends and they give me more than, than, than the fact that they support Arsenal? It used to be. It used to be. Um, they were your boys. Well, no, it used to be incessant because they were they were actually all right, and it used to be like when, that one time we'd get a win at Tottenham and we would put it on them and we'd just be crying about it. That that would be our season basically. And now, because we've been piling them up on the regs, like we don't really talk about football. It's like they've just like they've accepted. It's like we you won't need, bring up You need football. to bring that up. You need to. You definitely need to bring that up and start putting it on them, Rick. Because yeah, they gave I us. Do. They were unrelenting for years. It's not. They can't be all humble now. You need to be double dickhead. <laughs> Honestly, Rick, I, I think that, you do. Either that or good. cut them out of your life. Because the minute, the minute they 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 go above us, you're going to hear it. Yeah, exactly. So when you get off the podcast, you know what to do. Yeah. Right. Starts. Start starting the WhatsApp group. Start gunning them. Just like you yeah. lot. Man, just I've just been thinking about it. You, you lot, you have been shit. Like, do you remember? <laughs> do you remember in two thousand and four where you were like, no one beat you, Invincibles. No one beat you. I mean, I've got to say, as a Spurs fan, hold my hands up. That was an incredible scene, team. <laughs> but Jesus, you've fallen so far. I don't know if you've seen that report the other day. It was it was conducted by the University of Liverpool. And um, it said the Spurs were valued at £2.6 billion. Now, I'm not sure if you did read that tweet, I mean, the, the report, then it also said that Arsenal were valued at £1.6 billion. Now, I just can't... Like, why, have, why have you stood still for so long? You've stood still... <laughs> For so long, and Spurs have been so progressive, and now we're worth double what you're worth. <laughs> double, and, and, and this is in an area that you invaded. You invaded North London. You came in to take our jobs and our women, and you did for a little <laughs> while. But now you're like, you diet Pepsi, and we're full-fat Coke. Oh, Rain. All right, uh, got a quick question here. Uh, and we'll do one and then we'll, we'll, we'll shoot off because um, I've got literally got spaghetti bolognese, bolognese waiting behind me and my missus slaves over the stove and that. And, you know, I'm not going to say as she should, but I can't cook and she can. So um, it is what it, it is. Works. Yeah. It, it does work. Um, actually, she'd cooked 20 days on the bounce and this came a thing. And I said, <laughs> all right, don't cook tonight, love. I'll order a Domino's. That's not a misogynistic, is it? No. Yeah, fine. Cheers, Rick. Uh, I will use your no as uh, proof if yeah, anyone... Yeah, cool. exactly. Yeah. Um, Rebecca Coy says, would you rather support Arsenal or raise a child who's turned out to support Arsenal? <laughs> uh, I, I saw that as well, and I'm like, that is just... What a bitch. What a question. What, why did you read it out as well? Because I noticed that you responded it saying, fuck's sake, how do I answer that? I just want to know oh. if you thought about it, let it percolate. Yeah, well, I mean, it's... It's your kid, and they've got to make their own decisions in life. Um, so you just have to, you just have to let them realise and and go through their own mistakes. Really, you don't, Rick. You do because I, I ain't fucking doing it. No, so. no, no, no. I understand. I understand. But there's another option. You, do, you kill them. You kill the kid. You, you absolutely pave the kid's head in. You pick yeah. up a paving stone. You hold it down and go gooner, and then just drop it. Right. 
Or like, do, do you do you even give them an option to say come back to Spurs or no. you've already been infected? You're gonna, yeah. you've got to go. You got to go. You got right, to go. Yeah, I'll bear that in mind. And then you eat the kid, <laughs> just in case some of the Guna DNA gets into the ground. <laughs> you absorb like a virus. You absorb all of the Guna DNA and turn it into Tottenham DNA. <laughs> All right, on that note, I think we're going to end the Fighting Court podcast. Somehow we've managed to capture the spirit of the podcast over 10 years through Skype in a time where there is absolutely no football. God bless you, Ricky. Yeah, God bless you, man. And, Keep uh, your faith. I'm, I'm very faithful. Nice. Love you, Rick. Bye, mate. All right, see you later, mate. Bye. Network. Sports Social Podcast 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 Network. Network.